Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic. I just got done fighting somebody with a motorcycle, literally picking it up and swinging at them, and I uh, won. I, I hit him in the head with it, and uh, he gave up, because that, that's how fighting works. That seems ridiculous, Matt. Humans, it does seem you, ridiculous, you doesn't it? Motorcycles weigh like a ton. Like the especially like big Harleys, they they weigh nearly two thousand pounds. There's no way you could pick one up and use it like a sword. It seems like that. Yet it happens in this episode. Uh, frankly, not the worst of its problems. I could forgive it. Really, really, because that's my biggest problem. <laughs> okay, well we'll get there. Hi guys, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to Patreon.com/slash/TheSimpsonsShow for only two dollars a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. We have a person to thank. Matt. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I apologize if I mispronounce your name. Ian? Ian S. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Uh, on this week's episode, it is Take My Wife Sleaze, episode BABF05, originally aired November 28th, 1999, written by John Schwartzwelder. And look what happened to it. I, yeah. Directed by Neil Affleck, the rating was at 8.9, approximately 9 million viewing households. Don't know where, again, we've lost, I'm going to have to do some serious research, see if I can find ratings, more ratings information besides just the number. But I would say it did third on for the week on Fox. Sure, that sounds reasonable. That, that seems where the Simpsons average uh, out over the years. The chalkboard yeah. gag, I can't see dead people. Well, at least it's honest. You remember you remember that movie, Matt? I do. You remember Sixth Sense? I do. You remember the it had Haley Joel Osment and Bruce it Willis? It did. And it turns yep. out turns out that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. <gasps> you spoiled it. You spoiled uh, yeah. a twenty year old movie. <laughs> I, how dare I? Uh what a twist. M. Night Shyamalan. Um the couch gag, the Simpsons sit on the couch, but get sucked inside and come out as shredded paper, which Wikipedia was nice enough to link uh, link to what a paper shredder is, just so I, just in case I didn't know. It's all right. It's, an, you know, it's a decent couch gag. It's okay. Uh, episode guest stars, John Goodman as Meat Hook, Henry Winkler as Ramrod, Jay North as himself, NRBQ as themselves, and Jane Who's Hooks. NRBQ? And Jane Hooks says, Manjula. NRBQ is the band that is playing in the background uh, in the bar that Homer goes to. Oh, okay. He gets kicked out a couple times. They also perform mo- almost all the music in this episode. The 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 the, 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 the sock hop music they play at the diner. That's them. I I think they're they play like three or four songs. They're also the live action video of them playing the Simpsons theme over the end credits as well. Um, they played, they also did that Beatles cover that was in, um, old man and the, and the sea student. Huh? Uh, they're one of Mike Scully's favorite bands. Oh, well that makes sense. It, that, it makes sense why they're all over the Simpsons, uh, when he is running the show. Um, they seem fine. Like most of these seasons, (laughs) they're, they're fine. Um, we we start the episode with the Simpsons watching television, watching the Guinness Book of World Records television show, which is full of bad records. Was that an actual TV show? It was. 
Oh, wow. For two years, I believe. It was – I think originally I, I read this briefly as I was doing research for this episode. I believe it ran for one season, and it was like in – over the summer or like in a time slot where it had no competition. So it did very well. And so they renewed it and it was in a harder time slot or face different competition and no one watched it because they wanted to watch other things that are better than that terrible show was. Um, because, Shocking. because frankly, the way the Simpsons showed that the, that old Guinness records show was exactly, it was a hundred percent correct because it was full of just gross nonsense of like hey here's medical oddities and things records that don't require any skill or anything interesting it's just you know kind of most bland boring cheapest nonsense they could put together um however when they're watching the guinness book of road records television show they see a commercial for a time period for a diner cafe set in the 50s Hey, remember the 50s? Remember television, Coca-Cola, and Dick Clark? <gasps> I remember television. Come join me, Wolf Guy Jack, at Grease's Cafe, where it's 1955 every day of the year, baby. Actual year may vary. Consult calendar for current year. A 50s-style restaurant. What a neat idea. Why don't we eat there tonight? Uh, we'll go next month. So, th- th- cut to a month later. They go to they go to Greasers. That's so funny. I appreciate that joke. Uh, that's a pretty good joke. Now we'll go there next month, and it just skips to the next month. That's that's a decent joke. So they go to, I again, the nostalgia, like the nostalgia cafe. It's not like those they they didn't stop existing after 1999 because they still they still exist. Oh yeah. Um, like Steak and Shake, Red Robin, Sonic. All those places are indulging in various degrees of nostalgia for the 50s and actually like actually they're really indulging in nostalgia for Happy Days, the television show that took place in the 50s. That was that was actually in the 70s, (laughs) actually in the 70s um, or, you know, American. There's there's that's what you you think like, oh, that's what this episode is going to be about. First mistake, because that's not what this episode is about. It has nothing to do with nostalgia. Only that's what this episode was about. There, yeah, there's nothing. It has nothing to do with people's nostalgia for a time period they actually don't remember. I would be interested in an episode about that. It doesn't happen. Um, we 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 go to the cafe, and it looks you know it looks like a fifties diner. What we imagine a fifties diner looks like nowadays with shiny chrome and you know classic cars and girl you know waitresses on roller skates and sock hop music and you know 50s rock and roll everyone is why is everyone in 50s cosplay that's my question matt well because they're just getting into the theme obviously they thought hey uh i want to be in the 50s uh back when a lot of these people uh you know would have been discriminated against that's such a a great way for them to experience that I just I I don't it feels very strange to me like if I'm going out to a restaurant whatever whatever kind of aesthetic it has I might wear a collared shirt I am not wearing clothes from the 50s um and it's not like they none of these people none of these people were maybe they were babies actually considering the time scale 1999 none of them were born right so they have no idea what it was actually like maybe Skinner and grandpa those are the only people we see 
there that are actually born in the 50s, probably. Um, Flanders, too, considering he's in his 60s. But other than that, they don't remember it. Also at this diner is Jay North, the dude who played Dennis the Menace. He has a run-in with Bart. Dennis the Menace? Yes, I was America's bad boy. I once hid my dad's hat. <laughs> uh-huh. At another time, I accidentally stepped in Mr. Wilson's flower bed. <laughs> that was a two-part episode. <laughs> I have to go. Uh, kids got into such a mischief back then, didn't I, they? The, yeah. I, I, again, I feel like there's just unrealized potential there. You know, Bart has... For for he's for so long he has like the show itself has compared him to Dennis the Menace multiple times. Uh, I would actually like to have seen an episode where Jay North moves uh, in next door to the Simpsons and has to deal with this you know generation's Dennis the Menace and just see how he deals with it. I mean, they've literally two bad neighbors. Literally two bad neighbors is the same. Is like. It it does. Yeah, but that's more of a Homer against George Bush kind of thing uh, of those two generations uh, butting heads. Uh, I really want to see Bart. Bart's there. Do Bart's the same important. Kind of thing. Bart helps. Bart's a it, it, he helps, but he's not the focus. I mean, you want to focus on a character that's not Homer? Why do you want that? Come on, he's the best, obviously. Yeah, sure he is. I will say this in this episode, Homer is Frank is. There's nothing wrong with Homer in this episode. I'll say that. That's true, because he's dumb Homer. He's not mean Homer. And at one point, he actually has a bit of a spine. He's the it's only weird. He's the only person with any kind of, frankly, any kind of like real sanity in this thing, because everyone else acts. They act. He that's the weirdest thing about it is that Homer acts like he is like golden years Homer. And yet everyone else acts like they're in a Looney Tunes cartoon. It's very until the, the motorcycle fight, I suppose. So. Yeah. We get uh, them sitting down, looking at the menu, and we get Marge saying, quote-unquote, jokes. Allen Ginsberger's un-American cheese sandwich. Holy of dogs. It's clever how the names remind you of the 50s and at the same time tell you what there is to eat. Yes, that's so incredibly clever. That's not a... I, I know John Swartzwater doesn't like writing for anyone but Homer, basically, but that is... Mar- I know Marge. Mar- Marge's mom jokes are like obviously very, like yeah. I just like potatoes and talking about street signs indoors. But you can't make a joke of her saying a thing like saying an obvious statement. It's not a joke. I don't. I. I, I, I mean, I, I'm sure to some people that is a joke. Like, oh look, she's acknowledging the fact that it's funny. That's funny. Like, I'm sure. Family Guy uh, fans would find that amusing. <laughs> oh, that's that might be a little bit of a low blow there, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I I just it it is it's not that it's bad. I think that it, it like it functions like this episode functions like it it doesn't it's not like off the rails. It's not about anything. I will say that, yeah. but it it functions. But there's no depth. There's even in there's no depth to the jokes. Even like there's most of the jokes are very simple one note things. There's not any you know the, there's no layers. That's what I think of when I think of a Simpsons joke. So they have a dance contest that Homer does not want to participate in until he sees that a vintage motorcycle is the prize, and then he definitely want to participate in. Um. I would think they'd have way more. Is that like a like they would probably out? Maybe that's why Greasers goes out of business. It's because they're giving away like 
thousands of dollars worth of motorcycle without advertising it apparently it's not good business I mean, maybe everyone else knew and just the simpsons did not but yeah that's that's a pretty big giveaway like and we're the restaurants that i go to a the a 50 reward for trivia once a week that's that's just that's just a gift card essentially and not actual cash that's a pretty big reward let alone a motorcycle yeah a vintage and, 50s motorcycle and only like five couples are dancing like competing like wouldn't everyone in town be like dancing trying to get this motorcycle um homer and marge are uh, impressive dancers i'll say that i don't know how marge manages to spin on her hair i I don't know how marge manages to live through this (laughs) i mean again matt this is not the most egregiously cartoonish thing in this episode no but it's still pretty bad (laughs) i mean to be fair you can see like uh um break dancers do that stuff they they bounce on their head and do kinds of yeah. you know crazy acrobatics Marge's hair is very strong yeah exactly she has a lot of hairspray in there <laughs> it regardless they win they win the motorcycle uh the restaurant closes three days later that's the end of act one it is four minutes long yes yeah, it's a very short uh act one but when we come back uh we see that homer is enjoying his new purchase uh by sitting on it and making mouth sounds because he doesn't actually know how to ride it, uh, which this is followed by a sequence where Bart teaches Homer how to ride a motorcycle uh, with the insinuation that it's the exact same thing as a bicycle. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried both of those things, but they're kind of similar, but not really the same. <laughs> uh, Again, Matt, this is a, it's not really the fact that this happens and they treat it like a bicycle and a motorcycle are the same because it is the problem with it is that it is literally a single gag. The joke that happens in this se- the sequence, which is like a minute long, is, hey, Bart is acting like the dad and Homer is acting like the son. And like, that's all right. But it goes on for a minute. And I'm fine. Well, because they had to shovel that song in there. They, they had to put that. Uh, what is that song? Mayonnaise and Marmalade by NRBQ. Yeah, that's I believe that it, it was it is a sound like of this. Of a, yeah. It is not the actual song. It is written by, but right. it does. It, it that's the problem. The the joke is, hey, Bart is like the dad here, and Homer is like the son. I, I don't need that for a whole minute, guys. I got it. No, no, I got it's, it. Yeah, guys, it's a joke. I but then and then you know he crashes the motorcycle and it has training wheels and there's a it really this episode and, the, and frankly this is where the episode starts. Because the first four minutes are meaningless, because there's nothing to do with 50s culture. It is all that is to get Homer a motorcycle. And now Homer has a motorcycle, and now we got basically 19, 18 minutes, 17 minutes. It's like 21 plus minutes of a, of episode. 17 minutes of motorcycle jokes, and motorcycle gang jokes, and motorcycle, silly motorcycle situations. That's true, because uh, Homer with a motorcycle is uh, funny. It's, it's a funny gag. Get it? Homer with a motorcycle. Is that your is anyway. that your is that your Norm Macdonald doing a Burt Reynolds? It is okay. My my Norm Reynolds doing a Burt Reynolds in tribute. Yeah. I I appreciate it, Matt. I'll tell you that I I respect well, it. Thank you. Rest- hopefully hopefully this episode comes out late enough that uh, poor Burt Reynolds who passed away yesterday uh, will get his tribute rest, from us. Rest rest in peace, Turd Ferguson. Exactly. It's a funny name. Get it? So. <laughs> Back to the Simpsons. Once Homer learns to ride the motorcycle, he rides it everywhere. He drops Bart off at school and uh, tells the kids to rebel against authority, which causes all kinds of havoc. Uh, He then gets church let out because rather than let Reverend Lovejoy actually 
perform the sermon. He just keeps revving his motorcycle uh, until, you know, he just dismisses church, which uh, going by the the actions of Harley riders is, is what they're really hoping for everywhere they go. They just want everyone else to be quiet so they can hear their motorcycle. I So we this is about like rebelling, right? Uh, this episode is about Homer wanting to be a rebel and like reclaiming lost youth or something. Basically, yes. This episode is about Homer wanting to be a rebel against society without actually knowing what that involves and then failing when the actual rebel lifestyle approaches him. See, Matt, I, that was me kind of uh, – that was kind of a qu- trick question because what this episode is actually about is motorcycle jokes. Well, yeah, obviously. But, you know, they had to wrap a plot around that somehow. I, I suppose you're right. I mean, you don't start an episode with a plot and then throw jokes in. You start with a joke and then you come up with a plot around that joke. I mean, isn't that how you make the good episodes? I would say it's a little bit more complicated than either of those propositions. (laughs) That's true. I would say, yes, you would have an idea about an episode and it probably I would hope that the idea would be more than Homer gets a motorcycle. But that is basically what this is. is Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Uh and then once Homer has had his motorcycle for a while, he gets the idea from the Tuesday morning movie of what, uh, how to amp up his rebelliousness. And now back to your Tuesday morning movie. Oh, I don't know what's come over Jimmy. He won't do his homework. He only salutes the flag with one finger and he comes home every night with other people's blood on his shirt. He's a rebel, I tell you. A rebel without a cause. Just like that boy in that popular movie we saw. Yeah, that's the life for me, Marge. Cruising and hassling shopkeepers. When will you teens learn to be uncool like everyone else? Never, Pops. That's right, never. Yeah, you can arrest me, but you'll never defeat the Cobras. Nothing can defeat a motorcycle gang. A gang? That's the answer. Answer to what? Hey, don't make me hassle you, Lisa. Yes, that is the answer to a question no one asked. Literally. <laughs> Little Lisa Simpson. Yeah. So, yes, uh, at this point, Homer decides he's going to start a motorcycle gang. Uh, Lenny and Carl are obviously in the gang straight off because they're Homer's best friends, essentially. Uh, but they don't actually have motorcycles. And so, yes, at, at some point, they're going to have to get one. Uh, Flanders pops up. Uh, and uh, while uh, uh, Homer, Lenny, Carl, and Moe are discussing the new motorcycle gang in Homer's front yard and says that uh, he would like to join the gang uh, because apparently Flanders actually does have a motorcycle and that if they let him join, they can use their his he can use his rumpus room, which has a new bumper pool table, which is all it really takes to get them on board. It's bumper pool, which to be fair, you know, I let somebody into a gang if he had a bumper pool table we could use because that sounds a lot of fun. I think this is actually the the first uh, appearance of the Rumpus Room since um, uh, Joy of Sect. So it's been a couple seasons. It's been a while. It's been a while. So, yes, uh, of course, they let Flanders in because, like I said, a guy with bumper pool. You're going to let him in no matter what. And they call to uh, order the first meeting of the Hell Satans. The first meeting of Hell Satans is called to order. I move we reconsider our club name. Make it something a little less blasphemous. After all, <laughs> we don't want to go to hell. How about the devil's pals? <laughs> no, or see, the Christ punches. The Christ, I don't think you understand my objection. I'm the president, and the decision is mine. We're hell Satan. 
Besides, I already made our club jacket. Ooh, machine wash warm. Tumble dry. Ooh la la. So, yes. Uh, apparently, if you're a motorcycle gang, at least in these guys' eyes, you have to be something incredibly blasphemous. Because that's just, that's what you, name a motorcycle gang. I'm, I'm personally, uh, per, uh, I am, oh God, I can't what, remember the word. What was Amenable that? to most suggestion of the Christ punchers. The Christ that punchers. seems like a, a pretty good one, yeah. I mean, most famous motorcycle gangs actually are not, uh, aside from Hell's, the Hell's Angels, there's the Warlocks, you have the Mongols, those, like, they don't, they're not, there's no, like, religion in there, really. It's just, you know. <laughs> There isn't because you're trying to appear tough, and I don't think Christ punchers really gets that across. <laughs> I mean, unless you're going against the priesthood, yeah, that's your big antagonist is the Catholic uh, Church. Uh, uh, the Christ punchers. This is uh, my favorite scene. This, the, this, the, this, the, this before the real gang shows up is my favorite part of the episode because it, it is it is charming and it is Homer kind of being the kind of Homer we like. You know, he is he is not he's one he's not a jerk and he's not like he's he's hassling people but it's like homer the vigilante level of hassling it's not really he's not actually like he's not like attacking his own wife he's not there we get to see lenny and carl we got flanner is being upset about being called hell satan it's what a biker gang would be in springfield essentially yeah it's fun it's cute even yeah, well, I, even in the next scene, you've got Flanders on a bicycle. Uh, you've got uh, Carl has rented a Hertz, uh, rented from Hertz a, uh, a moped, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Lenny is on his riding mower <laughs> and keeps having to stop to empty his grass bag. Like, that's <laughs> that's good jokes. Yeah, it's like, fun. Okay, it's fun. We're going to get to this, but I feel like this episode takes a bad turn when the other bikers show up. Like, that that's that's where this episode kind of falls off the rails. Let's get there. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just get there. At this point, we see the gang just out and about. Homer on his real motorcycle. Everyone else on their crappy knockoffs. Uh, they har- harass Police Chief Wiggum by calling him a pig and then get confused about what their actual biker gang name is. Uh, but uh, they get around all that by going the speed limit. So Wiggum obviously can't harass them or you know stop them from doing what they're doing, of course. Uh, we then see them gambling outside of uh, the Quickie Mart playing some game involving pennies that I, I couldn't figure out what that game was, but somehow Homer is down a thousand dollars. And then of course they get shooed away by Apu with a broom because a bunch of grown men get sh- are scared of Apu with a broom, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Again, it's fine because it, it makes sense in the context of them playing tough. And then, and I, I do like the Apu and Amanjula, the little tiny scene they have after they run away, where Amanjula is like, Apu is like, I know you don't approve of the broom, but we're in America now. <laughs> Which is, it's, yeah, it's, it's it, cute. You almost have this, that um, American Gothic look for the two of them. Yeah, it, it's cute. It's charming. It, again, like. Sorry, we'll get there. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the part we have to start yelling at soon. I'm not going to yell. That's reserve that for gonna, yeah, you're just disappointed um, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, at this point, we go back to Homer and Marge. And of course, uh, Marge has a problem with all this because, you know, once again, Homer is spending all his time with the motorcycle and none with her. <gasps> they printed my photo of our gang. Carl looks great. Can't take a bad picture of that guy. <gasps> you took a picture of me when I was asleep. 
If you'd been awake, you would have said no. You can see the bind I was in. Her turn-ons include thievery and liquor. Her turn-offs include underpants, pedestrians, and justice. No. Uh, so, yes, uh, Homer has, uh, you know, once again, uh, violated Marge's privacy because that's just, that's what he does. Yay. That's not what this episode is about, is it, though? Right. Uh, it is not, okay. uh, because it turns out mm-hmm. that in addition to printing Homer's photo of the gang and his photo of Marge, which he has completely misrepresented, uh, that this is announced to the biking world, the motorcycle aficionado world, that Homer's gang is named the Hell Satans. And turns out there's another group called the Hell Satans from Bakersfield, and they're not as nice as Homer's Hell Satans. It's weird how that happens. A biker gang who's kind of mean. But anyway, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, they show up, and according to their bylaws, they have forced Homer to eat anything with their club's logo on it, which basically means anything that says Hell Satans. So Homer has to eat his jacket, which says Hell Satans on it. And of course, Homer being Homer, as soon as he's done eating that, he then puts on a sweatshirt that also says Hell Satans on it, and then has to eat that. And he also has some caps and frisbees and also pogs that he has to eat as well. Because it turns out when Homer goes on something, he goes whole hog and gets everything with that logo on there whole hog like a motorcycle exactly you got my pun thank you robbie you're welcome so yes uh at this point however that's that's not the end of it that that would that's a good place for this to be less funny uh but it turns out the gang's just gonna take over the house uh they are basically kick the family out except for marge and they just ride their motorcycles to the house that's filthy. They're just dripping everywhere, just spitting on the walls, you know, the usual stuff. And uh, Homer attempts to call the police, but turns out being mean to the police earlier has come back to bite Homer in the butt. Hello, police. Can you send a SWAT team to 742 Evergreen? T- Forget it, Simpson. Those pig noises you made really hurt my feelings. Looking like a pig as I do. But you have so much inner beauty. Well, uh, be that as it may, uh, the gang is wanted in eight other states, and we have a little saying around here. Let Michigan handle it. Uh, yes, Michigan, one of the most bankrupt states in the Union, will handle it. Good call. I mean, they're better than... I think anywhere is better than Springfield. That's true. It is America's crud bucket. <laughs> not America's scrod basket, as no, we learned. That is not. that is not so, America's yes. scrod basket. Yeah, uh, the gang apparently is completely incapable of taking care of themselves as adults, uh, as we learn, uh, because Marge begins to take care of them because Marge is a mom and she sees somebody who needs care. And that's just Matt, what she she goes into. Mm. Matt, what? I this is a literally everything after this is terrible. Yes, you're right. I don't know about I. it's I don't I was thinking about this. Like, what word would I use? And I don't know if I ever got to bad, but it is not good. That is, I, I am well, definitely, I am 100% willing to say not good. And I don't know how below that, below the the not good line is, but it's, it's so, it, like, everything up to this point, like, could have happened in any Simpsons episode. Like, it makes me think of Bart Carney. Because, that's true. It, it's actually very similar to that, because you have the same group of outsiders who... You know, don't understand how society works, essentially. Yeah, and, and Homer and 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 Homer tries to to join them, and he quickly finds out, oh, I am not actually a member of this group. I am I am 
I am, I am the outsider to them. I am the I am the strange normal guy, while they are a member of this this other. And then you see, at the end of Bart Carney, it turns around where Homer manages to out Carney the Carneys, and it's a nice little turn. This episode at this point, these are grown men who live who are a member of an outlaw motorcycle gang. One percenters is what I'm I'm. I'm certainly these are criminals, correct? Well, yes, they've done terrible things and killed a lot of people. Okay, I'm just I want to make sure that I'm not trying to misrepresent misrepresent what the show is trying to tell us. These are criminals. These are outlaw bikers. They are one percenters. They are. Wait, what was that last bit? One percenters. You ever heard that? You don't know what that means? Uh, I know what it means in terms of the richest. No, of no, the no, rich. no, 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 not not. I mean, in in okay. I'll explain it for those who don't know. Um, and, th- and this episode kind of actually is it would if this episode was about that, I'd find it very interesting. But it is it again. It is just a bunch of motorcycle jokes um, like it, it, in the 50s, which is what, you know, Homer's watching that movie. And it's like it's like a 50s biker movie. And there was a lot of them of the, you know, these outlaws, these dangerous bikers. We got to be we got to be careful. They're criminals. And that image changed. Over time, you know, after the, through the 60s and up into the like as time went on, more and more people bought motorcycles. And it turns out most people on motorcycles are not criminals. You know, most of them just like riding motorcycles. And they there was a point made. I think I forget there was like an association or, a, you know, a kind of civic group about riding motorcycles. And they in the president, I don't remember who the, the name of this person they said 99% of people who own motorcycles are normal people are not criminals. After that, That's true. It is true. And after that statement, the outlaw bikers, people who like members of Hell's Angels and other outlaw motorcycle gangs, they started claiming themselves as one percenters because they are part of the 1% that are outlaws that are criminals. And it is like a badge of pride. You, you'll you see there are patches that they have on their jackets. They're on their riding riding vests or whatever, their leathers, that will say one percenter. Because they huh. they claim, they like they happily claim it as a badge of honor. I am a member of that one percent. I am a member of the, that this small group who are still outlaws, who are dangerous. Don't mess with us. Um, what was I talking about? And, okay, so these people are outlaws. They're criminals. They are not children, okay? No, okay, you're right. This is, okay, so a couple things. One, at at this point, we get several examples of them not understanding basics of how anything works. Uh, They apparently tried yelling and hitting stains to get them out of clothing, and one of them tries to spit a patch back on his jacket, which, they're dumb. I don't don't think they're that dumb. Well, I mean... To be honest with you. And and I believe Meat Hook... uh, attempts to cook eggs by punching them into a toaster and yes i get that these are supposed to be jokes but i do want to make sure that i i I, jokes are funny and i don't find meant like if you want to make a single joke about them uh, like attempting to punch thing to fix it or to like spit something clean one time but they they really run these jokes into the ground about how these are primitive meatheads who don't know anything. And, uh, and basically cavemen is what they're going yeah, for. Yeah, they don't know how toasters work. And I'm sorry, guys. 
if you want your plot to mean something, it has to be grounded in some, a, at least as a reality for this episode, at least. And it bounces around where I, I'm, am I supposed to be worried about Homer's life or am I not? Am I supposed to be concerned? Darn good question. Am I supposed to be worried? Because if this is a true outlaw motorcycle gang, they would kill Homer for taking their name and misrepresenting it. People have people have died because they claimed to be a member of gangs which they weren't, or made fun of them, or, or slandered them, and it, it doesn't take a lot. People have literally have died, and you know there. I think there is supposed to be a sense of threat and menace when they barge into the house and take it over and make Homer eat his own clothes, and then you make them these idiots who can't even take care of themselves. And I don't. I'm not. I don't like they ha- make all these jokes about killing and hurting people. We don't ever see them do it. They become they are toothless. They are like these harmless. And when you don't have that dichotomy, you don't have the separation between what Homer is and what they are, because sure, they're big and threatening and Homer acts scared from, of them, but they never really they they take over the house for a few days, but they don't hurt anyone. They don't like they make all these jokes about how they kill and brutalize people. We never see it. Homer never faces any consequences. Like he, yeah, Marge gets kidnapped, which is a whole another problem. But yeah, there's so okay. There's no central tenet here. There's no tone. There's there's no rules about any of this. It is literally it is just a platform for jokes. And my biggest problem with it, I don't think they're really funny. No, and that's one of my biggest issues. So. Uh, we have at the end of the episode to fix this episode. And I don't think this episode is broken. So I don't know if we're going to get there, but I wanted to propose a different uh, path. This episode could have taken. Uh, so like we said at the beginning, this episode was basically about Homer wanting to be a rebel. Okay. Him doing silly little rebel things like he's seen on TV and movies, things that would have been qualified as rebellion as a teenager in the fifties kind of thing. I wanted to see the biker gang say, all right, that's it. You pass our initiation. Now you can be part of our biker, biker gang. And basically the rest of the episode uh, would essentially be Homer getting more and more involved with the bad things that this group of bikers do uh, before he realizes he is in over his head. Wacky uh, kind of thing where it all works out in the end. Uh, the biker gang gets th- taken to jail. Homer gets somehow out of it and learns his lesson. And we have a sweet normal Simpsons ending where Homer realizes that he didn't want to rebel against society. All he wanted was a ham sandwich. Just like at the end of um, Homer Palooza, essentially, like he he thought he wanted to rebel. It turns out he just wanted a sandwich or whatever. That wouldn't have been the best episode, but I feel like a lot of the gags they're doing right now could have also been fit in with maybe some better jokes. And you wouldn't have it end with him fighting somebody motorcycle to motorcycle. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I don't. I don't. It doesn't. That's my thought. I mean, that's that's not like a it, better episode. Yes, it does, Matt. Because here, all, all these episodes that we have all these complaints about, it, it, it. I think we complain about the cartoonishness, and this episode is no, no exception to that. But there are also episodes that have a bunch of cartoonish nonsense in them, and we are totally fine with them because they actually have a plot. They actually have a central tenet that runs the entire episode, and it wraps up. This thing starts out with a bunch of 50s nostalgia garbage, 
that doesn't is not meaning all it does is get Homer to a motorcycle, which would be fine, except it doesn't have any depth in any of the jokes. And then it turns into Homer, a member of this fake motorcycle club, which is cute and fun. And then it turns another thing where they take over the house and they threaten him. And then it turns again because then they have Marge on the road. And then it turns again because Marge is like trying to rehabilitate them or something and decide a single thing. Like that is part of a very simple editorial process. Like on a second or third pass, you look at what a thing is about and you pull that stuff out. You accentuate it. You highlight it. You make sure that that stuff pops up over and over and over again. It's okay. It doesn't need to be subtle. Like probably the best art can be in turn subtle and not subtle. But I don't need that in a Simpsons episode. It can be frank and simple about what it is about. Like – Summer of 442. You know, I know that episode is about Lisa trying to be a cool kid and accepting that she doesn't need to be to be quote unquote cool. Like, like the best episodes, you can immediately know exactly what they are about. And this episode and a lot of these episodes are not about anything. And you have to, like, I think it's going to end up being the thing that come and I, I have a bit like I, I've watched, you know, later, even the post Scully years. Al Jean is not exempt from this problem. Yeah. He, they've commit the sin uh, frequently. And it's like, I, I'm, we are not the only critics who complain about it, but it's, I, I, I want, that's what I want. I'm going to, that's what I'm looking for every time I'm looking for. Yes. Jokes. They're very important, but also something that the episode is like a concrete single thing. It can hang its hat on something. We, it's an anchor, a foundation. This bounces around. That's true. It, it really does. It, it just, it's weird. It is what it gets down to. It, like, it, it starts off in a normal Simpson way. You have your weird opening that gets to the point where we want the episode to be Homer has a motorcycle. Homer wants to rebel because he wants to be part of a motorcycle gang. That's good. And then it's almost like in Back to the Future 2 when uh, Biff went back to the, the, you know, the 50s and he skewed off into this alternate timeline where things got really bleak and horrible. And we have these bikers who can't even make their own food. They have to kill people to get food, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I, you, ha- you can't, you can make certain things cartoonish and the, sh- and the show still functions perfectly well. Like, hey, I will even say you can have people fighting out with motorcycles as swords. I will say that you could have that if you just treat these these bikers like they're actual characters like actual people they cannot be cartoons they can do cartoonish things and i think that was a line the simpsons always navigated really well but as soon as you make them cartoons instead of just doing cartoonish things the show starts to 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 to, um go off the rails yeah that's what i was thinking of a different word that i can't think of (laughs) (laughs) well then how about that go off the rails is good enough okay so, yes. Anyway, getting back to the episode, now that we've had our, our long tangent about what's wrong with this episode, um, Marge begins to take care of the bikers as if they were children, because as we've established, they, they can't even make their own food or wash their clothes. She starts cooking for them and doing you know their laundry and that sort of thing. Uh, the rest of the family is living in tents in the yard because obviously they don't want to interact with these bikers. Uh, Lisa is getting upset because Rod and Todd are spying on her as she you know bathes in the backyard with her bathing suit on. Because they're children, I would have hoped this would have been held off until puberty, but I guess the Simpsons want to make Rod and Todd look extra creepy. However, after a while, Homer uh, eventually grows a backbone and comes in with a Benjamin Franklin quote about house guests to find that, oh, they're gone. 
the bikers have completely up and left. And Homer, being Homer, uh, conflates this in his mind. And when he's telling the kids the story, uh, he is far more actually badass in the story than he was in real life. Uh, but the family notices that, you know, there's no food, uh, the house is still a mess, and that the kids aren't at school. And that is when they realize Marge is gone. Not immediately, but when their needs are not taken care of. Because apparently that's all Marge is to them, is someone who takes care of them. Because once again, Marge is the only responsible person in the entire Simpsons universe. And then we go to commercial. So, Matt. Yes. Why doesn't – why do they have the bikers leave without a confrontation? I guess because what they really wanted was for the bikers to take Marge. Like they, they, didn't, they didn't feel they needed a confrontation yet. Well, what I would – here, this is my proposition. You have Homer conf- – here – you can escalate the, the situation, increase drama and tension by having Homer do. He does finally muster up the courage, bravery to to confront these bikers. And he says, get out of my house, Ben Franklin, et cetera, et cetera. He, you can have him say anything, and I'm sure he throws some jokes. And you actually have the bikers show some medicine danger. Maybe they... Maybe they beat up Homer. Maybe they they maybe they just toss him and lock him in a closet, and then you see them take Marge. You literally see them grab her and take her away, and then and that gives Homer an arc and makes his his victory at the end of the episode mean a little bit more because he's overcome this previous defeat. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I, but they don't. Uh, they, I just it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Like this story crafting, like I tend to do that a lot with these episodes that are like weird because that is the thing that makes perfect sense. So like, hey, you have this big action sequence in the episode where Homer like claims victory and takes reclaims his wife. Like it is a very masculine kind of uh, I don't know heteronormative masculine ideal of you know in a lot of stories. Like I reclaim my wife. I am man again, and. Why wouldn't you just have him actually lose? He has to lose first. And, like, he does eat his clothes, but um, I don't know. When we come back, the bikers have Marge. Uh, they're camping. Oh, no. They, I know. It's terrible. Uh, they don't find her attractive, though. Could you at least tell me what you're planning to do with me? Oh, don't worry. You're completely safe. None of us find you sexually attractive. None of you? Really? I could have sworn that Ramrod... Hmm. Well, did you see that picture of me and... And you still don't? Sorry. Hmm. Well, good, I guess. Also, this is... Marge is... Marge is a problem in this episode, Matt. Why do you say that, Robbie? Everything about Marge in this episode is a problem. Oh, okay. Just just so we're clear. Uh, everything that Marge had... I, I, until, I guess, it, her making you know, mom jokes at the beginning of the episode is fine. I mean, the way that she is portrayed and the fact that the episode doesn't even try and like, it's it it, like, again, that'd be an interesting episode to like, I just mentioned Homer reclaiming his wife and taking her back. But then they have this weird scene where they have to acknowledge, oh, none of the bikers find her attractive. I'm like, okay, what does that have to do with and like i don't like i understand like people's mind maybe oh yeah they're gonna like sexually assault her but one that has nothing like very rarely actually has to do with attraction 
It's usually has to do with, yeah. with power. And two, I like Marge has no agency in any of this ep- in this episode. And that would be okay if the episode was about her lack of agency. But she is not a character. She is just a thing to be used like as a trading chip and as a mom, like she suddenly becomes a mom to the, why is she, why is she helpful to these bikers? Apparently because that's who the, the writers think that Marge is like, they want uh, basically they think that Marge is someone who just takes care of people who need to be taken care of. And, you know, I can almost see where they're coming from in that the way to, you know, get through to these bikers is not through force or whatever, which even though that ends up being what happens is that they want them to realize that there's these bikers don't have to live this way and they can do that through, you know, a caring mother figure, which is something they probably never had kind of thing. I think it's what they were going for. It doesn't come across like that because in the end it's still Homer fighting for it. It's like they get those two episodes, like you were saying, Homer coming back and taking back his woman and the Marge reforming these bikers. uh, And they just, they cross those episodes when they have completely cross purposes as, as far as themes in those two go. And that's what caused a lot of confusion, honestly. And it doesn't make it makes zero sense. And Marge, like the Marge trying to rehabilitate the bikers would be really interesting. Like if they if this episode was a Marge episode, like it would have to be a Marge episode. It'd have to be about her and how she works and how she is willing to forgive people because she understands that they never had the love and attention they needed to be good people. And like that's a meaningful message and worth telling, but they don't. They they just throw in a bunch of jokes at the end because they needed to have some have Marge do something in the third act. So she's the mother to these bikers and she teaches them how pencils work. Really? How pencils work? Yeah. Okay. okay. So speaking of how uh, Marge teaching uh, the bikers, Homer is out looking for Marge. He's he's taking his bike on the road in search for her. Uh, he gets he goes to a bar where we see NRBQ in the background. Homer gets tossed out a few different times while trying to find out where Marge is. Again, repetitive one note joke. Don't exactly don't need. I don't need don't need that. Um, so we cut back to Marge and Marge is teaching these bikers uh, because why did they kidnap her? Matt? Uh, because she was taking care of them like, uh, you know, she was their mom. Did they do they ever they say can't that? take care of themselves? Do they ever say uh, that? they don't? But that's the only thing I can think. It's the only way I could ever think of this. I because they like I just played a clip where Marge literally asked them, what? Why did you take me? And all their only answer is, oh, we don't find you attractive. What? Then why? I, what purpose does she like who does she, you just want to bring a person along with you? Like, apparently, I uh, okay. So, March is 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 giving them teaching moments, and uh, she focuses in on the American dream. You know, there's more to life than boozing and roughhousing. Huh? Haven't any of you ever had a dream? Yeah, I had a dream. I was in this beautiful garden, pounding the crap out of a shopkeeper. Then, no, no, I mean the dream of a good job, a loving family, and a home in the suburbs. Oh, man. To get all that, you'd have to kill like 50 people. No, you don't have to kill anyone. Not if you have jobs. And the first step is an eye-catching resume. No, I believe it's pronounced resume. Actually, both are acceptable. Yep. 
Let's get into the pronunciation of resume here. Yeah, the, 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 these crude bikers who literally don't know what a toaster is also have really semantic arguments about resume. Yep. And that's, again, I think that joke works if that gap isn't so wide. Because there is a big difference between having, like, a guy can be crude, like Homer. Like, they make that joke, like, with Homer all the time, where he suddenly has, like, this weird opinion about something that is, like, you would think someone, like, a member of the intelligentsia would only have an opinion about. And it works because Homer, he knows how, uh, he knows what a toaster is. Like, he knows what eggs are. Uh, uh, (laughs) Also, Marge bringing up this idea of the American dream. Why? What about it? Why? Uh, because she wants them to be nonviolent and says, oh, haven't you wanted all of these things? Like wanted a nice quiet house in the suburb? I- and apparently we're supposed to all agree with Marge. That that's obviously what everyone wants when no Marge. They they probably don't want that. These are outlaw bikers. They have are good at, you know, having power over other people and influencing others through the threat of violence. I don't think that's what they want. I think, yeah, I think they like their motorcycles. I, I just... If it was, again, about that, I would give it more slack. But it is, like, it just feels empty. Like, it feels like Marge has to be this weird mom figure to these... I I, I just, I'm confused, Matt. I'm confused. I don't... Join the club. Okay. So, Homer meets a very helpful gas station attendant who knows exactly where everyone is. Very uh helpful. Very... The most helpful ever, even? Yeah, uh, maybe a little too helpful. Maybe not meaningful when just undercut their, they undercut their own effort. Every step, they could make Homer actually find them, and it makes Homer look capable. Which, again, would fi- fi- would feed back into him coming to reclaim his wife and take back what is his. And but they don't have Homer do that. They have to have him talk to a gas station attendant who literally just tells them where the guy are. The guys are. Yeah. Well, I just, okay. So Homer having literally being told exactly where the gentlemen are, the bikers, he goes to them and attacks them. What do we do here? Marge is using violence. <laughs> talk to him. Use your words. Homer, Homer, <laughs> stop it. We've given up our violent ways. We just want to live peacefully with your wife. No, my wife is not a doobie to be passed around. I took a sacred vow on my wedding day to bogart her forever. Oh, homie. There's only one reasonable way to settle this. You and me in the circle of death. Oh, I just swept the circle of death. That's a decent marsh line. Yep, that is the kind of thing we would expect from her when she's not the focus of an episode. Uh, yeah. Um... And then the action sequence happens, the third act action sequence, where, here you go, Matt, here is your opportunity, where Homer and Meat Hook, they fight it out, they start with chains, then they lose their chains, then Meat Hook picks up a wrench, and Homer, in return, grabs a motorcycle, and then they both have motorcycles, as swords, as, like, literally thousand-pound machines lifted up in the air, and... And it is strange, like, it reminds me of the Princess Princess Bride uh, sword fighting sequence, actually. Yeah, between, it does. Between uh, Dread Pirate Roberts and uh, Inigo Montoya. Um, so, it, like, it looks nice, and it, like, works, I think. I 
at the end of the day, they are sword fighting with motorcycles. And you act like that's a, a not a normal thing, Robbie. I, I'm confused. I, I again, it is. It is not a here. You. It's the thing you've seemed to have zeroed in on, Matt. I really don't have a problem with it because I think it is the thing. I like I said earlier, as I kind of figured out that they can do cartoonish things, but the characters themselves, as long as they have a a, a at least some grounding in reality as actual people. I don't care. I will care about what happens between them. But because it's frankly, it's the bikers. They just have no real character like Meat Hook and Ramrod. John Goodman and Henry Winkler do a great job. Both of them. They like both do great jobs with these characters, like with their voice acting. They they, they do the best they can with what they get. But they, they're not characters. They don't tell me anything about Meat Hook. Describe Meat Hook to me. I don't think I can. <laughs> He's a crude biker. That's all you got. And Ramrod is the same. They don't have any other meaningful character about like there's nothing. They don't know how toasters work. Like I don't that's not character. There's nothing there. Like if they have something there, this fight means something and I don't care how it looks. I don't I don't care if they're using motorcycles as swords. I know it's impossible, but I don't care because I care about the characters and I think you know how their fight ends would be meaningful but because there's no build-up to this fight it's just homer showing up randomly and then they go into the circle of death there's no build-up about the circle of death it is called the circle of death it is the first time we actually have a fight in this episode that we see you know homer fights some random people at a bar he gets hit in the head with a pool cue off off screen um it's not the it's really not the cartoonishness that bothers me it is the fact that this fight and at the end of the day i don't care who wins like what does it matter Good question. Couldn't tell you. So Homer wins the fight. He he and like it, it I it looks really nice, and I think it, they laid out the sequence really well. Like I don't want to take away that from it because I think like as a quote unquote sword fight, it actually is pretty neat. But you have to care like that Homer is getting Marge back and. Homer himself, like literally earlier in this very act asks that they get a mail-order bride just in case and like guys you're undercutting your own story because homer has to be has to be willing to die for marge to make this story work if he's just like oh if i fail i'll get a wife from korea like what you don't go to extremes that your joke's not worth it i'm sorry if you had a good joke maybe i would cut you some slack but your bad jokes are not worth you undercutting your plot so much. Homer wins, takes Marge back, and they say goodbye to the bikers. I don't blame you for wanting her back so bad. A woman like that only comes along every couple of miles. Aww. Hey, can we at least keep her till the orgy in San Berdu? What do you say, honey? No. No dice. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Mrs. Simpson. Bye, Mrs. Simpson. Goodbye, Marge. Bye-bye, Mrs. S. We'll stop at the nearest town and mail our resumes. Resumes? It still sounds weird to me. It still sounds weird to him, Matt. It sure does. Um, He does call Marge Mrs. S. So we do get the dutiful Happy Days reference in there. Um, Marge and Homer ride away in their motorcycle, go back to the bar that Homer got beat up at, and Homer steals some beer from them. Because that's how Homer gets even. I, I mean, frankly, I like that. 
I like that little, the tiny, tiny bit of of the ending, the proper, you know, the gag ending, whatever it is. Like right. that feels actually that that is something. Like it is a callback to earlier in the episode. It is Homer like being closer to like true Homer in that oh he's not gonna end up winning a fight. So he just goes, I'll just steal beer when they're not looking, and I'll have beer, and I have my wife. We can go home. Like that's I. I feel like that is an, a closer nod to actual my my version of Homer than him winning motorcycle sword fights. So I'm I I like it. I like that little bit. Um, that's how the, that's how the episode ends. Uh, it's not good, Matt. No, it's really not. And I I think we pointed out a lot of the ways it could be better, but in fact is not. And it's really in the end of the day, it's just sacrificing a coherent plot for jokes and the jokes are not are they don't land they don't they're just they're like this is the thing that stood out to me and it is not a thing that i thought meaningfully about any episode prior to this we've 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 seen some bad episodes so like the worst in like the past couple seasons are the worst episodes yet many several times over even i've i've never had this thought this episode feels like it was written by old men (laughs) it really does like old dudes like dude like like obviously in 1999 i was much younger but like you can it it is a feel thing like you can always read like you read is a thing i notice in a lot of modern comic books because it is a thing where people are trying to represent social media in a lot of ways like they're trying to represent hey these are characters and they have social media they have a facebook or a twitter they have some version of instagram whatever it is and the way they write those social media, it, it feels immediately out of touch and not aware of how social media actually works, how people actually behave on social media, how young people behave. And this is like this episode feels like Homer is our age. I know this is that's hard to wrap your head around at times. No, no, no it makes sense now. OK, Homer is our age. He feels like he's my dad in this episode. Yeah, it, that that's very true, and it fe- and it's and it feels unbelievably disconnected from not even like a, like a like a real grounded world like we're talking about the cartoonishness. It feels like it was written by just old men who don't know how life works anymore. Like they are they're three generations behind, and they they are they just don't understand the world. And it feels like it feels like how old Archie comics felt. Which is not good. Yeah, that's true. It's not good. That's a bad. That's a bad thing. Um, it feels unhip, and that's the thing. I you know the best Simpsons episodes. They feel they don't feel dated. They feel modern, even though it's twenty years later. And this feels just feels like old old dudes wrote it. And you're like, you know, I would hope that when I get to a certain age and I start thinking like this, I would at least acknowledge the fact that I can't make art that isn't what i am yeah i don't know <sighs> we'll rank it at the end of the show we sure will uh, we've talked about that more than i expected to honestly um yeah no submissions for this for my favorite episode is this episode broken then i don't know that i would say that it was broken i i would say that it's lacking in a few things but you know we've gone over that we've, we've talked about how yeah, uh, how we would definitely make it better, but I don't know if I'd call it broken. I think it functions, like that's and that's like that's my baseline. It's like 
I, I think it functions as a thing. It's just not a good thing. Yeah, for sure. It functions. Like, it, 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 it ties a bow on everything at the end. And I think largely that is what I come back to. It was like, it, it, it wraps everything up, not necessarily satisfactorily, but everything does. There's an ending. Um, we can move on. We can. We can move on, Matt. Thank we, goodness. Yes, we can. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments from News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the News Group. It's where I comb through the old Alt.tv.simpsons News Group, see what people are talking about the week or two after an episode debuted, primarily what they thought about the episode or any th- interesting notes that were unearthed at the time. So, I've, I again, Matt, I've, I pulled a, a good review and a bad review. Okay? Okay. The good review first. This episode is one of the best this season, like the dance scene classic. The fact that Homer starts a gang and Lenny and Carl didn't have motorcycles I thought was good. Ned joining the club and trying to change the name was pretty good. Rod and Dodd spying on Lisa was disturbing, but in the same point, funny. Thought it was hilarious that neither of the bikers found Marsh attractive. The last act was not as good. Not as good. I agree the bike fighting bit was a bit much, but the scene when Homer goes into the bar and all you can hear is a guy saying, hey, and Homer screams and runs out with a keg of duff. That is so classic. I love the blackboard gag. It's my new favorite one next to Bewitched doesn't promote Satanism. I give it about an A-. minus. A-? minus. That's generous. Bad review. This is perhaps one of the worst ever, at least for me. All the jokes, and I mean all, fell flat i actually had hope for this episode it showed some promise even the first act wasn't so bad but then the second act came it was plain stupid the whole homer in the bar thing that made me almost turn off the tv anyway i give this simpsons episode in quotes a d (laughs) me the first act is four minutes long so it's hard to be bad it's over so quickly um then i've got we got this episode felt felt important for us to include the car guy the old news group car guy. Yeah, because there's a lot of cars. In there's this. a lot of cars. First part of this episode. Yeah. Uh, so here, here's the car guy's notes for his commercial. Wolf guy Jack drives a '56 Ford Thunderbird, one of the classic two-seater models built between '55 and '57. In the background, there's a yellowish '59 Cadillac, the one with the Godzilla fins in the parking lot. Wolf guy didn't just pick these two at random. Both cars have become emblematic of '50s America. Inside the cafe, one of the booths was either made from or made to look like it came from a Nash Metrol- Metro. Politan. Look for an orange car. I believe that was Skinner and Krabappel sitting in it. Uh, the Met was an early attempt at catering to the burgeoning second car market during the 50s. It was a two-seater. It was intended for use around the city rather than as a family's only car. Um, so there's your car notes. I imagine he did not know motorcycles. And I don't think there's there's really not intricate motorcycle designs in any of those. Probably uh, not. It probably just like drew a random regular motorcycle. Yeah. Um, also, here's some notes about NRBQ. Um, that was NRBQ singing Me and the Boys from their albums Tiddlywinks and the Best of NRBQ. In the same episode, they also sang Lucille when the family family entered the 50s diner. Mayonnaise and Marmalade, written by the writers for a montage of Homer teaching Bart to ride the motorcycle. And Want You to Feel Good too at the band, as the band at the Biker Bar. Uh, in the credits uh, video, they are shot in the Bowery Ballroom in New York, singing the, performing the Simpsons theme. That's all I got. Woo! Yay! Yeah, and some some notes. Um, about NRBQ, which was like a, the Simpsons house band for two years, three years. Strangely enough, yeah. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. 
Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite supporting child character? Um, there were, I, I, this probably doesn't surprise you, Matt. A few very strong front runners. I'm shocked. Shocked. I know. Uh, I was, I, 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 it felt weirdly divided because, you know, I usually, I look at Facebook and I look at Twitter and Facebook was very pro Ralph and Twitter very like pro Nelson. And I, I'm surprised, I, honestly, that anyone was very pro Nelson, but Twitter kind of seems like the place for those people oh, to hang out. Oh, that's not nice, Matt. Uh, you know, Millhouse got some, obviously, some answers as well, but it was, I don't know. Uh, first from John, is there anyone worth talking about besides Ralph? Mm. I mean, no. The answer is obviously uh, no. Well, well I, I know your answer, Matt, so we'll talk about it when you actually do answer for uh from alexander martin he has been such a wonderful addition every moment animated reminding me even of his greatest moment his revenge during the movie um mary being a twin myself i have to say sherry terry their secret language and giggling themselves definitely reminds me of my sister growing up and maybe even now my favorite moment is when uh is from bart gets an f and why did they leave england giant rats uh, from AJ, I had to say Nelson. He's a horrible kid at times, but he pushes Bart to do some great things, like lead an army and confront his feelings on killing animals. With Lisa, he is a more supportive figure that carries a, carries about her and gets to gets her to understand that she can't fix everyone. He's probably the most well-rounded supporting kid outside of maybe Millhouse or Ralph. Uh, Nick, it has to be Ralph. I mean, think about this. Ralph is what, like, the second character ever to grace an opening movie studio logo of his own film, the other being Bugs Bunny. Um, Casey, Nelson is the answer for me. For the first 10 plus years, he was the most solid, grounded, yet deep child side character. He's a bully, a boyfriend, a substitute father, an abandoned son. He knows how to make a pie. But most importantly, he laughs at jerks when it is needed. Uh, from, from John, Uter Zorker, with an exclamation point. So Uter, there is some Uter love in here too. Melanie, Ralph, not just my favorite child character, but my favorite character, period, today and always. Uh, from Chris, Ralph, always Ralph. His one-liners are a staple in my life. Anything from go banana to I bent my Wookiee. Can't be beat. Uh, Rob, everything is coming up. Millhouse, Alan Millhouse, his mom says he's cool. Castle, Nelson's quote, I said, ha ha. Uh, Brandon, that funny film fan. I think Martin Prince is underrated. He is the quote-unquote weird kid, even compared to Lisa, but he mostly stays true to himself and doesn't buckle under peer pressure. Uh, the Walt Disney Disorder at Jandor 2015. Obviously, Ralph is a quote machine, but nothing beats the one true Millhouse. Uh, Bart, I will give you Millhouse. Skinner, I don't want Millhouse. <laughs> Millhouse sounds like my parents' custody hearing. Uh, the professor, yes, I would, Kent. Definitely Uter. After all, isn't there a little Uter in all of us? Uh, Michael at the Iron Hilario. Team Discovery Channel. Heart, hark to the tale of Nelson and the boy he loves so dear. They remain the best of friends for years and years and years. Snow Hood Swan at Swan Hood Swan. Nelson, every time he shows up, brings even more depth to him. After all, he has won Lisa's affection. Steven at Stephen K. Mark. The answer begins and ends with one word. Millhouse. Um, <laughs> finally, Will at Will's World MN. Ralph, not only is he a quote machine, but also a presidential candidate. Matt. The only good presidential candidate. What is your answer? My answer is actually Martin. Uh, you were probably expecting Ralph. I know, I know. Let me tell you why. I, I think a couple of people kind of hinted at this, but basically you have two sides of the smart kid. You have the smart kid who's also kind of trying to fit in, and that's that's more or less Lisa. Like, Lisa is still fairly cool, 
she's she's smart, but she's not too geeky nerdy. She's more like just 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 in general like the cool kids more or less, but just smarter than them. Essentially, she doesn't like a lot of geeky things. Uh, Martin, on the other hand, goes all in on the geek factor. I mean, Three Men in a Comic Book is really the first chance where we get to see a lot of his personality, and he, you know he's a comic book geek and. Um, I believe he's fishing a dime out of the sewer to get this special comic book. And, and he is is one of my favorite ones because he shows us uh, the mirror image of a lot of ourselves as kids uh, because a lot of us, especially Simpsons viewers, were a little bit smarter than everyone else. and But we were also involved in things that were not in the mainstream uh, the way they are today. Like These days, Martin, everyone likes these things along with Martin, but back then... You know, that was that was something that set you apart from the mainstream. And, and I really enjoy seeing that kind of attitude skewered uh, in Martin. I'm shocked. I know. I'm, I'm going to get a lot of a uh, lot of hell from my wife for that. No, I'm not. a No, I was expecting a Ralph answer. I like <laughs> Ralph is the easy answer. And I think Ralph is the funniest of the supporting characters. But I feel like he's after like this is not even a post classic years thing. This was like after season like 5, Ralph stopped being a real character. Like I Love Lisa is definitely like, hey, Ralph is a character. He likes a little girl and he gets his heart broken and he grows up and realizes that it's okay and we can just be friends. That's he's a character there. But I bet my Wookiee and Go Banana Ralph is hilarious, but not real he's just a little kid that says dumb things which is fine but i can't it, it's the thing that's always kind of bothered me with him especially when they turn him into like a sociopath murderer or something who starts fires like, i ralph's a cute, cute little innocent kid he doesn't burn stuff yeah yeah um nelson is my answer as much as i want to pick millhouse millhouse is also kind of not he's more of just the terror the the he's just a punching bag <laughs> yeah i mean it's an honest well, portrayal of kids like that who are like who are torn between parents and are like dorks and they can't help it and they whatever they do is wrong but nelson is like i think is the 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 deepest supporting child character and has more nuance than than most of the other ones and that's why ultimately i like him the most because he is this big dumb kid and then he likes lisa and she likes him back and like you know there's the, all you know his he has his parents who don't who kind of don't care for him he's a a lower class kid which you don't see on television even though it is sometimes the butt of the joke um nelson simple ha ha i said ha ha man <laughs> next week's question what is the most cartoonish sequence in the show is it is it a loch ness monster showing up there's so many to choose from how will we know robbie uh, or how will we know is it a rag talking oh god that whole through a whole episode that happens remember that map can't wait to that one huh we gotta wait yeah. a while we have to wait a while for that episode that's Thank like that's years that. away at this point so i'll post this question on social media on uh, facebook.com slash the simpson show pod on twitter at simpson show pod you can email us at simpson show pod at gmail.com like us and follow us and all those things we can move on that it is time for the no google trivia challenge i am too smart i am too smart 
S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenges where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. I have an eight-point lead so far into the season. We'll see if I can hold on to it. Matt is slowly chipping away. We are a third of the way through after this episode. Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I think so. These questions are all from Boy Scouts in the Hood. Okay. Your easy question. What organization does Bart join while under the influence of a super squishy? I believe it is the Junior Campers. That is correct. That's correct. All right, sir. Your medium question. What is the comic book that Bart, Milhouse, and Martin buy in Three Men and a Comic Book? The Radioactive Man number one. Oh, good. I didn't even, I wasn't even looking for the number one. I was just asking who was the character, but radioactive. I appreciate ra- the extra effort. Radioactive man. Up, 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 and up, and at, up at, and at, at them. Up and at, at them. Up, up, up. Your medium question, Matt. What are the ingredients in Homer's honey roasted peanuts? Okay. Um, peanuts, artificial honey roasting agent, salt, and I believe oil. Sorry, Matt. Oh, there are three ingredients in this order. Salt, artificial honey roasting agents, and peanut sweepings. pressed peanut sweepings. Dang it. Now it comes to me. <laughs> Sorry. Shucks. Sorry. All right. Your medium question. Who was the name of the scientist? Or sorry, what was the name of the scientist from North Haverbrook in Marge versus the monorail? Oh, God. I should know this. It's really, I could picture him, but I can't, it, they really don't say his name that often, surprisingly. No, they say it, I believe, once. <laughs> it's so weird. Maybe he's, twice. He's such an important character in that episode, and they never yeah. say his name. Um, I want to say, I don't know, this is me going by my gut, because I really, I don't think I know this. Uh, it's like Ernst Schmidt? I want to say he's like a German name, but that's probably wrong. Uh, that is not the correct. His name is Sebastian Cobb, which is Se- kind of sort of German. Sebastian so you Cobb, European. Yes, you're Sebastian Cobb. Okay, Matt, your hard question, and this is this is I am proud of myself for this question. Okay, because oh, it's a simple question. How many Krusty Burger locations are shown on the Krusty Burger Fun map? Oh God, how many are shown? Okay, the full it's, map. It's obviously not something they say. They do not say this. We see the full map. They show it to us, and there is a little crusty. I'm going to say there are 37. There are only 11. Oh, really? <laughs> only 11 shown. Probably not accurate. Probably not. That is including well, the... they had the one on the oil rig, so that's what was important. That is including the oil rig, which is somewhere in the North I Atlantic. I thought for sure you were going to ask how many he orders, and I know that. Yes, I know you know that, which is why I did not ask it. Damn it. Because I know... See, see, Matt, the trick is, if I know the answer to the question, it is not hard enough. Because... <laughs> Fair enough. All right, your hard question. In Duffless, who is at Homer's AA meeting? Can you give me a, a number of people? Uh, let's see, one, two. There are seven people besides Homer. I believe I've given you this exact question at a certain point. However, really? I don't think I remember all. I Mo, Mo, Doctor Hibbert, um, Agnes. I said AA, not NRA. Oh, AA. I was thinking of the NRA meeting. Yes. Okay, AA meeting. Yes, that Duffless. question you definitely have given. That's what I was saying. I'm like, I have that question. Okay, Duffless AA meeting. Oh God. Oh God. Oh Duffless. Ugh. I haven't seen. 
Duffless Day. I don't even remember the AA meeting. Um, okay. I think I got it. Okay. Lovejoy. He counts, right? He's yes. ru- he's running it, but okay. Lovejoy, Flanders, Barney. I don't know. That's a guess. Uh, Lovejoy, Flanders, Barney. I think there's some. I don't. Are they all named characters? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was like some weirdo that neighbor guy that some anonymous. Uh, Barney. Uh, we'll say Lionel Hutz. Um, it's four. What else is drinks a lot? Um, I guess a sea captain, uh, uh, the blue haired lawyer, and I can't even. Who the hell? Uh, Dolph. Dolph, huh? I don't know. Which final answer. That's seven. That's seven, Matt. I don't. I know. Okay. I know Flanders, and I know Lovejoy. And is if Homer counts, Homer's there too. But. Okay, Homer does not count. Okay, um, but you got you got two of them. Uh, yeah, that's... Lionel Hutz and and Reverend Lovejoy. Uh, there was also Otto. Okay, because uh, he loves to get blotto. Right. God. Uh, Carl is there, oddly oh, enough. Carl. Uh, Helen Lovejoy is there. I guess also facilitating Ned Flanders because of his blackberry schnapps and Mole Man. Mole Man, right? He's he's only thirty five years old. That's when we learned that for the first right, time. Yeah. Right. Right. Hmm. Oh, Duffless. I haven't watched Duffless in a while. Should watch Duffless again. Good one. Yeah. Duffless is good. Well, Matt, that we're even. That's even pace today. Sigh. I was hoping to make up some ground on you. It's gonna be tough. I know. I'm. I'm not gonna let go of this without a lot of effort on your part. So that that puts me at 19 points. Matt at 11. After today's results, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode. Ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Um, this episode's pretty pretty low for me, Matt. It's pretty low. The question is, I believe we have a line uh, at two fourteen that gets it into like the worst of the worst. Right now, it looks like it's six episodes of, of episodes we just can't stand. I don't think it quite makes it down to that. Do you? No, but it it doesn't. I also don't think it goes very high on this list. Like above, no, that, no, it's I, not much above that. But it is like mm. I if it like it's just not that funny. Like if it was funnier, it could kind of worm its way a little bit higher. But it has so many plot pro. I would say it's. On par with Simpsons Bible stories. You think it's that good, actually? Okay. That okay. good? That's number 212. It's two above the death. I know. I know. Part. I was wondering. I, I was like, okay, because I was trying to decide whether it's better or worse than Homer's Odyssey. And I think it's better than Homer's Odyssey. I think the first half makes it better than Homer's Odyssey, but the second half just takes it in that weird direction where the characterization is off. It doesn't feel like an episode that makes sense from beginning to end because the logic just completely goes out of it. So, okay, do you want like a better or worse than Simpson Bible Stories? I, I would put it below Simpson Bible I, Stories. I, those those I, are just weird. I mean, I leave it feeling the same way. I leave them both feeling like, well, that was an episode. It took up time, but it doesn't. Yeah. It it's not. There's no rhyme or reason. Like. I would say Simpsons Bible stories, you know, it benefits from the fact that 
it's so it doesn't matter that they're not there's no connection in any of this it's just three stories they're just not clever they're they're very simple like hey what if homer and marge were adam and eve i'm like well that's uh, you you probably need at least one more layer to it to make that story meaningful at all um i i I would probably put this above Simpsons Bible stories because I think Hell Satan's Hell Satan's is a pretty funny name, uh, and Christ Puncher is pretty funny, and I think the, the the that short amount of time when it's just those guys hanging out with their dumb club, I think is f- charming and cute, and I that's I don't that, think that, I would agree with you. There's nothing in Simpsons Bible stories that that I would I like as much as that three minutes or whatever it is, and that may not be a lot, but it's enough for me. So better, I agree. better than Simpsons better Bible Stories. Okay. Number 212 on our list is Take My Wife. Sleaze. Last on the list is still When You Dish Upon a Star. First on our list is still Homer's Enemy. So, you know what our next episode is, Matt? Um, um, kind of scared to ask at this point. Funzo! Oh. Grift of the Magi. Oh man, I, you know I remember this actually being one of my least favorites of this entire season. Tim Robbins is in it. Is he now? Gary <laughs> Coleman's in it. Yeah, rest, yeah he in, is. rest in peace, Gary Coleman. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Christmas episode. Funzo. I I remember not hating this episode. Well, we'll see. I guess we will see. I probably I I'm not necessarily hopeful because I think. Having hope in any of these episodes is a fool's game. That'll be next week. Watch along with us. Um, that'll do it for us. You can find all this stuff at our website, simpsonshow.com. Links to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. Link to our Patreon. If you want to throw the show a couple dollars, get some bonus stuff along with it. We'd love you. Appreciate you. Helps keep our back catalog up and available to listen for free. So we thank everyone who helps us with that. Uh, I am on Twitter at Robbie Dorman and I do other podcasts. The handsome boys comics hour. It's about comic books. This week's episode was about the death and return of Superman from the nineties, 1995 and 96 in turns way better and way worse than I remember. <laughs> is, is the better part what happens before Superman dies and the worst part what happens after? Uh, actually, it's most. I mean, the worst part is the return. The return is bad, but I think everything ah. up to the return is better than I remember it. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, the reign of Superman is actually not bad. Um, there is some premium '90s comic book art in there, meaning bad, but it's okay. You can check out that. Also, the Serial Fanatist about kind of all kinds of nerdy things. The most recent episode is about All In, the pro wrestling event I attended in Chicago, the largest independent pro wrestling event of all time. You should uh, you can listen to that hear my opinion about being in the studio for that. Matt does not participate in social media unless it's a certain level of Patreon back or you will not find him. Uh, that is true. However, I have decided uh, that I'm going to go hide in the Arctic while it still exists. Uh, so in order to contact me, you'll have to use neutrinos. Uh, because I will have a, a large chunk of ice that I'll be monitoring for flashes of light. So, you know, just encode your messages and shoot them with neutrinos. Uh, you know, if you just point them directly at the South Pole, they'll probably get through to me. Since they, they're so weakly interacting with the rest of you know, I don't. The part of how it. do you do that, Matt? Do what now? How do you encode a message into neutrinos? Uh, usually with a spin. Uh, I believe neutrinos have a spin of, God, I want to say it's a third. 
I we don't so, yeah. we we don't need to look this up. I uh, I just sure. I I know what neutrinos are theoretically, but when you start talking about encoding messages in them, I am lost. Fair enough. Yes, neutrino spin is plus or minus <sighs> one half. So you know, obviously, at that point, you have uh, the basis for a binary communication system. Of course, obviously, I'm Robbie. Yep, and I'm Matt. I keep watching this episodes. Shh.